At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex. And if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Rage Quit, the video game discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. This is your favorite host himself, Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. I am ready to pick up the controller and talk video games. Ladies and gentlemen, today I'm going to go back and actually go on a little run with my life in the world of arcade video games. Now, this particular series of video games started in the arcade for me, but it finished in console gaming. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about Time Crisis. That's right, Time Crisis. I'm sure a lot of you out here know which game I'm talking about, because this game, at one point, one of the most popular arcade games of all time. Very argued about big time because a lot of people say it's a very overrated game. Some say it's underrated. For me, it's just right. But in my case, I only played the first three. The first, second, and third. Okay? Because after that, not I wouldn't say I lost interest in Time Crisis. It's just that I moved on to other things. Of course, it's regrettable. But in the world of video games... You move on to one game from the other, you forget about a certain one, you really never have the opportunity to go back, but when you do have that opportunity, you have absolutely no interest in it whatsoever. How sad, right? But for Time Crisis, I always say that GoldenEye 007 was my introduction to first-person shooter. That still stands, but that goes for console gaming. Now, my first... Introduction to the first-person shooter in an arcade game. I sometimes feel like it is Time Crisis, although I'm not sure if if first-person shooter is technically considered for Time Crisis because when you pick up the arcade, you have that game like control like gun, and then you just point it to the screen and pull the trigger numerous times. You get, and of course, remember those that pedal, get your foot on and off the pedal to hide and reload. Right? If you play Time Crisis, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because, you know, Time Crisis is considered a first-person, on-rails, light-gun shooter game. So there it is right there. The key to it. A first-person, on-rails, light-gun shooter game. It's a series of arcade games, and it was produced by Namco. Speaking of Namco, that's a very well uh, Japanese multinational video game developer and publisher. 
headquartered in Ota, Tokyo. It's also actually got uh, branches in America, in Santa Clara, California. Also, there's one in Europe, I believe, located in London. Also, one in Taiwan and in Shanghai. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be surprised because these huge video game corporations, when they start out from nothing, work their way through the dirt, up and up and up the ladder, growing and expanding like an empire, it is all over the world. Ubisoft, Mon excuse me, Ubisoft, another another one of those. Got the one in Montreal, got one all over. Of course, we all know Ubisoft. If I'm correct, Ubisoft is based in France. So anyway, as far as I know, the first time Crisis game, I believe, was introduced in 1995. But I didn't play it till probably 1999. You know, as far as these time Crisis game goes... I'm sure that since my dad's going to be listening to this, he is going to be rolling his eyes and putting his head on his head the whole entire time. Because when I was a kid, every time I begged, to, I would throw a fit to go to Dave & Buster's. Time Crisis was pretty much almost the only game I would fucking play. Much to my dad's annoyance. Okay, but then again, my mom would say, he's just a kid, leave him alone. <laughs> okay, now that I look at it as an adult, I do feel bad that I kind of put my dad through that kind of hell but then again you know what Dave and Buster's was the place for me eventually my dad grew to like it and then you know what he didn't mind anymore because you know what he started playing Time Crisis he got into it too so at the end of the day the way I see it is this I introduced my dad to a very cool video game so at the same time I was pestering him I was throwing a fit but at the same time I wanted my dad to have as much fun as me, as me. and after many times of trying it and trying and trying it Ladies and gentlemen, it finally worked. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I have better memories of Time Crisis 2 and 3 than I have of the, thir of the first. As far as I know, the first one, if I remember correctly... I mean, I did get some notes, but you know, I, I wanted to work on the in instinct of remembering from memory and experience. But I believe the first Time Crisis takes place in a castle in the mountain. And I believe you're an agent... You're like obviously an international intelligence agent, because that's how it kind of is in that kind of world. And I believe your mission is to rescue the daughter of the kidnapped president of the United States, and like that. I mean, of course. I mean, what 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 other than that? Uh, when it comes to a plot for a secret agent to have, right? Go rescue the the the, the daughter of the woman, of the president of the United States. Go stop international terrorists. Go fight the bad guy. Go stop from the world from being destroyed, right? What a fantasy world in the world of secret agents, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, espionage is involved. You know, much to my surprise, and not long ago, I was actually in one of those old classic retro video game stores, and I was actually unaware that Time Crisis was actually on the PlayStation. That's right, on the original PlayStation. But I can't say I am surprised now, because Time Crisis, like I said, was extremely popular. But my question is, is I really am curious to know, was it more popular through the arcade or was it more popular through the game console of the PlayStation? In my honest opinion, I'd probably have to say the arcade because perhaps if it wasn't for the arcade, maybe there wouldn't have been the console version, right? I could be wrong. But anyway, now we get to Time Crisis 2. Came out on the arcade in 1998. Now, there's the, now there's the one I remember very well. I remember the plot very well. It's all about going after a satellite that is stolen by a terrorist organization. There's, of course, you know, the co I guess the cubby behind it. 
like like I said, you know, a major industrial tycoon has stolen a nuclear military satellite and he intends to launch it into space and God knows what he's going to plans to do with it. Of course, when it comes to a uh, rich, powerful dude stealing such a powerful weapon, of course, what he does in his view is obviously going to be for the greater good, but we all know in reality that is certainly not the case. Now, is it? I remember Time Crisis 2, but what, as the game starts, there is a cutscene of an agent. She's actually calling, I guess, the agency, and she has this information on this uh, satellite, and then she asks if the two agents have left. Then a voice tells her the two agents are on their way, all right, and nobody can beat them. And as soon as that happens, well, the first boss of the game pops up along with several mercenaries, takes over the case with all the information, and kidnaps that agent. And as part of the game's story, eventually you are ultimately going to have to rescue her as well as stop the satellite from being launched into space. And that's exactly what the case was. But this game, you really go through a lot now, don't you? Oh, big time. Because I remember when you start out that game, you you fight through, I guess, a plaza. Like like that. And of course, there's a part where, you know, a, there's a boat chase. So that, that's where you defeat the first boss. You retrieve the briefcase he stole. And of course, the information on the satellite and the two agents confirm it. It really takes you through the story, okay? And then we get to the second part of the game we get to the for a forested train yard and you actually see that this the real satellite well actually it's what you thought at first was the real satellite but that was truly not the case now big time okay and, and you learn now we'll take y'all through it okay i'm doing this for nostalgic reasons okay if i'm gonna go through a classic video game that really changed my life that had an impact on my life ladies and gentlemen you can expect to not only hear the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth you can expect me to go into well, full detail, and believe me, folks, this is from experience and memory. So as you get to the second part of the game, you're fighting through a train, and then another train gets involved, okay? And then you get to the second boss, this big muscular guy who at one point in the fight, literally with his bare hands, picks up a freaking missile and tries to kill you with it. <laughs> we'll get to that part wasn't so bad. At least at first when I was a kid, it was definitely difficult, but overall... And it never seemed so bad because I eventually got Time Crisis 2 on the play, on the PlayStation 2, okay? Y'all want to know something funny? When I played Time Crisis 2 and 3 on the PlayStation 2, I never actually used the light gun controller that came with the game. I actually used the regular PS2 controller. I don't know why, but I preferred it that way. Okay. Now, the other gun, of course, the the gun, you know, like I said, you know, the light rail, whatever whatever it's called, you know, probably would have been easier. But, you know, for me... I didn't have I didn't have the extension cord for me and I didn't bother to buy one, didn't even bother to ask my parents. I was like, you know what? If the controller works fine, I can get through it, then so be it, that's what I'm gonna do. So as part of Time Crisis 2, when you get to the final part of the game, you're on an island base, and you know, of course it's a rocket platform, and then you meet uh, the main antagonist of the game. I believe if if I were, okay. If there's anybody here that is a huge fan of Namco that knows Time Crisis well, I'm going to need y'all to DM me on my uh, Twitter, which I, I will uh, remind y'all of later. I'm going to need you to tell me if I am correct on the name of the of the main bad guy in the game. I believe the bad guy's name is Ernesto Diaz. 
let me go in. Uh, since since I since I'm so confident, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and confirm. So, if anybody knows Time Crisis very well and I've got the name of the bad guy correctly, please DM me to personally let me know. It will totally make my day. You can find me on Twitter at Bearman of Texas TX. No need to spell it out. That's it. At Bearman of Texas, just TX. DM is open, so go ahead and let me know and confirm if I got the name of the bad guy right. Because I'm 100% confident that I did. Anyway, moving on. So as you fight like through this base, like you know, you literally get, you you get introduced to actually a, another bad guy that makes another appearance, but who's also all, I believe also in the first game too, a mercenary by the name of Wild Dog. <laughs> now Wild Dog is certainly the character the most out of this game series that I remember correctly. Really a boss that never that just didn't know when to quit. And the the main interesting thing about Wild Dog is that one of his arms is actually a machine gun. Well. Sometimes it is. I mean, sometimes it's a grenade launcher. I mean, his one of his arms, which is severed away, he basically has it replaced with some sort of weapon like that. I mean, he's more than a mercenary or slash terrorist, what you want to call him, but Wild Dog is a badass. So unfortunately, in, in his case, well, when you beat the game, he loses to you, and you know what? It's, it's like in the whole fantasy world of the bad guy versus the good guy, the bad guy always loses. So getting after, after like the final part, you you actually have to battle to what you thought was the real satellite, but the bad guy reveals that it's merely a prototype and that the real satellite is already into the rocket, getting prepared to be launched into space. So once you destroy the prototype, you defeat the bad guy at the same time, he falls off, the whole thing, and, as, and the rocket has actually taken off at that point. So he falls with, with, with all the debris, it hits one of the rocket's uh, turbo boosters, the rocket malfunctions, it crashes, the whole base explodes... You survive, you beat the game, story's over. <laughs> I really did have to sugarcoat through the story, right? Because, I mean, I'll be honest. Even though I was going to go into the detail, I decided, you know what? I don't remember detail by detail, so... But I'm going to do my best, but... But the challenge from that game was really to get a high score and to really keep the accuracy at such a high level. Okay. And I remember correctly, what well, the bad guys you fight, these mercenaries you fight, there was always one that was dressed in yellow clothing. That if, if you were able to shoot him, you would get like, what, 10,000 bonus points or something like that? I mean, you would see him for only one half of a second, and then he would just disappear. Okay? That was it. So that's Time Crisis 2, but... Two And before we get to Time Crisis 3, I, I'm really going to have to say that, you know, the story for Time Crisis 2 was not bad at all. And the game overall was a very good challenge, okay? And once you clear these certain areas, it would actually show you the time limit. And speaking of time limits, there was time limits in certain parts, like 40 seconds to get through this one certain part, and if you didn't make it through, you would lose a life. I thought that was pretty interesting. But ladies and gentlemen, as we move on to Time Crisis 3, things are really going to get interesting. But before we get to Time Crisis 3, let's go and take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. I will see y'all in two minutes. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And ladies and gentlemen, I am back. My name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Rage Quit, and today's subject is Time Crisis. Time Crisis 3. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Perhaps some would say maybe the GOAT of the Time Crisis series, right? I don't know if I can take it that far because I didn't play Time Crisis after this. Because looking at now, there's actually Time Crisis 4 and 5 as well. 4 came out in 2006. And apparently Time Crisis 5 came out in March 2015. It came out the arcades. Huh. But for Time Crisis 3, now there's really something cool. Okay. Two agents sent to an island to help thwart the efforts of a dictatorship who took control of a, of a neighboring country's island, okay? Well, that's something, something really interesting. Two agents going in to attempt to stop a occupation of a paramilitary force led by a ruthless dictator. Now, there is an ally in that game, and her name is Alicia. I need y'all to do the same thing. If I got the name correctly, let me know because it is actually important to me, believe it or not. But you know, when I play time, you know, when we play Time Crisis, when I played this on the PS2, you know, there was actually something I about the game that I really, really saw something that really was really cool. Okay, because you know, when I got when I, my dad bought me the PS2. Uh, for Christmas in uh, 2004, Time Crisis 3 was the first game I got. Okay. And I, and I noticed that once you actually beat the game for the first time, you actually play well enough, there's actually something you can unlock. It's actually a... Uh, I'm not sure what to say. I, I think it's a side quest. I mean, I, th- I believe it's honestly more than that, but... There's just, you know... There was more things to do. I mean, aside from the regular story, but... Okay. It's actually a side story, yeah. And you play, of course, as, as, a, as another one of the characters named Alicia, okay? And she was actually an unplayable uh, character in the arcade version of the game, okay? And the gameplay for Alicia was actually... I believe it was unlocked once you completed the the campaign for the first time. You know... As as you play, you know, as you play it a certain way, you beat it on certain difficulties, you unlock more and more and more things. So, it was merely like an attempt to keep the, uh, you know, to keep us busy, you know, of course, and and playing the side mission with Alicia. I mean, man, boy, it was actually pretty freaking difficult. But the whole thing with Time Crisis Three, aside from the story, is that this was actually, I believe, the first Time Crisis where there was actually more than one weapon in the game that you can play as. There was the regular handgun, there was a machine gun, a shotgun, and a grenade launcher. So I thought that was pretty cool. I would always I would always use the regular handgun for most cases. I would save the other weapons to fight the bosses, but you know. 
Because for me, gaming always required a strategy, and that's just how I live. That's just how I do stuff. You know, and playing the... And when I play, like, the side mission of Alicia, you know, I like how it, like... When there was the regular story, like, you know, those are these cutscenes as well, like, while the two regular Asians would do their part of the game, while they were doing that, Alicia would go on her part, so it was like both campaigns happening at once, but from different perspectives, okay? Like, different part of the story, it's like almost, almost a behind-the-scenes kind of thing, but... But in this game, I was honestly happy that once again, a certain individual popped up again, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I am talking about the mercenary who never quits himself, Wild Dog. But this time, he didn't have a loan. Apparently, it seems this time he had an apprentice by the name of Wild Fang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, in a certain cutscene, when you see Wild Dog, you know... When you, you you get this is almost the last part of the game while you're you're about to fight the dictator, okay. You get to a part where he blows he blows off a wall, and then he he comes out of the smoke like laughing maniacally, saying, "Surprise, surprise!" And then to which one of the agents go says, "Wild dog, don't you ever die?" And of course, wild dog decides you know laughs and then pull, rips off his. Uh, Kojak in and of course reveals his hand his arm machine gun which you know of course he's well known for having I get, you know from the main uh, artwork for the game is it's a prosthetic hand that he can actually uh, remove and like add certain things to it I mean there's not really a lot of things I mean it, it, it's really hard to describe exactly what Wild Dog is at this point but but some of the common features is Wild Dog wears the sunglasses and you know he's got a four length a four a floor length treth, uh, trench coat. Of course, like I said, he removes before he fights. So, but go in, in time in time crisis three. Like I said, you know this time he he wasn't alone. So, but once you, when you're fighting him and his uh, I want to say maybe he's a like I said his apprentice at the same time. There's the challenge in that, okay, but but I but I felt like you know that challenge was certainly worth it because I always lived like even by the time like when I was like 10, 11 years old, I felt like if a game lacks a serious amount of challenge, then the game is totally not worth it, okay. So when I saw that you're you're fighting Wild Dog and fighting his guy at the same time, I was like, dude, this is pretty cool. And for Wild Fang, you know, aside from using certain weapons. Wild Fang has got this superior strength. Like, he can literally kick a bulldozer right at you like that, and it doesn't even look like anything. So I thought that was actually pretty uh, creative as far as uh, making something new, because in video games, it's all about trying something new. And what's funny is Wild Fang is actually dressed very similarly to Wild Dog. <laughs> but how sad was it that despite both guys... Being as powerful and as strong and how all the advantages they have, they couldn't get the, do the job done. <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about Wild Fang because Wild Fang really, <laughs> you know, the way he gets introduced, okay, right after, after the agent says, Wild Dog, don't you ever die. And of course, Wild Dog laughs and then, you know, rips off, you know, like the trench coat. 
Now you see something cool. Okay. <laughs> because after that, you see Wild Fang kick like a... What would appear... I, I don't know what remember it was. I think it was, like I said, a bulldozer. Okay. And he literally says, Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Wild Fang. And it's a pleasure to meet you. And as he does that, he kicks something else that's pretty big. So, I mean, that's the way to, that's the way to introduce a bad guy, right? A bad guy and another bad guy. You got to introduce them. You really got to do something huge. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, as far as the skills go, you know, he's got, like I said, superhuman leg strength. Of course, you know, a roundhouse kick, you know, all sorts of objects. And since I'm flying with great force, like a, for, a forklift, a bulldozer, you know, shipping container stuff. Yeah. A lot of stuff he does to you, and of course, while, while the dog changes his thing on his arm, you know, it, it ranges from a flamethrower, a rocket launcher, a machine gun. It's really, it's really amazing. So once you finally defeat Wild Fang, and then you get to Wild Dog, when Wild Dog gets defeated, the cutscene in that dude, I will never ever forget it, ladies and gentlemen, because it is absolutely spectacular. As when he's defeated, both agents approach him have their guns pointed and what he does is he pulls out he pulls out a grenade and in, in disgust and humiliation he says oh beaten by a couple of young punks and then he detonate, detonates the, the grenade he's holding and apparently seems to commit suicide well that's a uh, very often seen from a bad guy right when he when he's defeated rather than uh Take the defeat like a man, you know, get arrested, whatever, pay the price, you know, do the crime, do the time. He decides, you know, he's going to take the shortcut and take his own life. But ladies and gentlemen, that's not the case because from what, based on all these notes is, he comes back in Time Crisis 4 and 5. So it really kind of seems that like Michael Myers, Wild Dog just cannot die, can he? He perhaps really is immortal. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really has, you know, and I'm looking at uh, this latest artwork of Wild Fang, and now he's got the prosthetic leg, you know. So it really, so now that I see this, like Wild Dog has the prosthetic arm, Wild Fang the prosthetic leg. These guys are really similar, okay? It's almost like a father and a son, kind of thing, or a cousin and, a, and another cousin. But I mean, whoever came up, you know, to to, to introduce Wild Fang is honestly absolutely amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, in excuse me, Rage Quit is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me this evening, and I will see you all next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.